Hi, everyone. Um, I am joined today by Joe Main, our um, social media video editor, and Brett Lee, um, the co-director for DGN. And for Movember, um, if you couldn't tell already that I was taking part, um, we thought that we'd speak a little bit about men's mental health and some of the, our experiences with our mental health, some of the things that we do um, to, to ensure that you know we have support and, and to support other people and what we think needs to be done to combat mental health problems in men that have become um, such a, a massive issue. So first of all, um, the first question that we've been sent by some of our team members to ask is, when you're feeling low or having a difficult time, who do you talk to about your mental health? Brett, did you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. I mean, I always had a quite a, a hard time opening up to people um, in terms of about my mental health originally um, growing up. And uh, it's only through me, I think, going to or having therapy um, a few years ago up until last year um, the, that kind of helped me do that. So I think uh, originally it was simply going to, to, to see my therapist um, and, and talking to him. Uh, since I'd like to think that I've maybe got better at opening up to friends uh, and family members, um, but it was a, a long process to get to that point, and I still find it difficult at times, especially when I am feeling uh, most down. I suppose, um, yeah, I think that would be my answer. Are you Joe? Yeah, um, for me, it's it's usually it's my girlfriend or close mates. Really, um, it's di it's different because different. It's like advice with anything, you know, not even with specifically mental health, but different people give different advice on different things. Do you know what I mean? Like I've gone to both my parents individually about separate things that I wouldn't speak to, say, my girlfriend about, but then I've gone to my girlfriend about things that I wouldn't speak to my mum about. So, you know, it's, it's different people for different things, I guess. Um, but I'm lucky that I've got a bit of a um, su uh, support base around me. To, to kind of pick and choose, I guess. A lot of people don't have that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's really important to have a sort of broad range of people to go to about different things and to get unique perspectives on on different things as well. Like you say, some issues you don't want to take to, to some people specifically or um, you might not have that relationship with them. So it's, you know, it's important to have that, that foundation. Um, I would say the same thing as, as you, Joe. I'm, I'm lucky to have a really supportive um, family who have always kind of encouraged us to have conversations about the way that, that we feel and um i'm generally somebody that kind of wears my heart on my sleeve anyway so um if i if something's kind of going on then i like to kind of talk about it and clear the air um but you know i i feel like i've always been pretty pretty lucky with with friends and um family and being able to, to talk about things openly and, and without judgment um and I think more recently, something that I've thought about doing is, is going to, to speak to a, a therapist or a psychologist or somebody who perhaps has more expertise, not necessarily because of a period of struggle in particular, but just there's things I kind of want to ask them or, or, or talk to them about that I'm, about the way I think about things and, and some life experiences that I think would be really useful. Um, and I think that more people should, you know, have that accessibility as, as well. Um, so next, do you think mental health problems are still a taboo subject? Um, and would you two say that you have things that you perhaps still struggle to, to kind of talk about? Um, I'd say that, yeah, I think it varies from... from I, if you're talking about society generally, I think that it varies from age groups and cultures and, and 
so on. I think that younger generations are getting better at talking about things. Um, I think you probably older generations are as well, but maybe a bit slower. Um, but I, I think that there are other certain things that are very, that are still very taboo, specifically like seeking help. Um, I think that generally it's um, seen as being almost still maybe a sign of weakness um, or that you kind of feel like it, if somebody suggests that you go and see if you that you go and see someone that you talk to a therapist the kind of ultimate reaction uh, automatic reaction is to assume that they're saying there's something wrong with you when uh i'm very much of the mindset that i think everybody should probably consider going to a therapist once in a while just because um it's really well depending on the therapist and obviously you need to find one that you're you, you like or that you work with but generally it can be really beneficial um or at least i found it to be really beneficial um and then when it comes to, for me, top topics that I find difficult to talk about, uh, I don't, um, I guess maybe there are still f certain things that I subconsciously avoid talking about. Um, like I said earlier, I, I'd, I'd like to think that I've become more open about it, but sort of things like loneliness, I suppose, are still things that sort of nag away at me here and there. And um, I, it's maybe it's those kind of things where you, you feel like you probably shouldn't feel down because of it because in other i don't know it's a it's a small thing or it's not a big deal or well, that's what, at least what you tell yourself but um yeah i don't know i i feel like probably there are still yeah like i said sub subconscious things that i don't like to talk about but generally i try to i i see that i think um my stance on it is very much in terms of as a society um the, the taboo side of it, I, I, I think, is more the actual speaking about it and the actual, like you say, getting help. I think being actively open to talk about mental health is it's almost popular at the moment. It, you know, I, I've been I'm in quite a few group chats where, you know, over the years, especially around November, to be fair, um, you get a message from someone saying, uh, give me a message if anyone's ever not feeling good and things like that. And, and I know a lot of people that are very, very open to talking about mental health but you never hear anyone actually talk about mental health about their own I mean? issues yeah. exactly yeah. It, it's almost like everyone wants to be the shoulder to cry on but no mm. one wants to cry on a shoulder mm. and it, actually opening up and actually like you say seeking help that's still i think the taboo topic being open to hearing everyone else's is not taboo that's brilliant yeah. everyone's on that but actually you know going for it i think is still where the progress really needs to be made yeah, I, I couldn't agree more um, with with both of you. I think that I mean, I'm sure we'll get onto this. The thing about seeking support from a, a professional is that how difficult it is to to access, right? Um, still for for so many people, and um, then like you say, Joe, the the actually going and speaking to somebody about your your issues and really opening up is is still I think there's still a big taboo around that. Even ad admitting that there is a problem, you know, I, I've definitely had this feeling in the past that that is somehow an inherent weakness in me that I'm admitting that there's something wrong and where I actually think that the truth is probably the opposite it takes a lot of strength to admit that you're you're unhappy or you're going for a, a rough period and, and going and speaking to somebody about that takes a lot of strength so um, I think the important thing is to continue to not only have the conversations about how important it is to open up but to actively open up to people too you know and then <clears throat> excuse me you kind of lead by example in that way um yeah uh why do you think male suicide rates are so high 
Uh, did either of you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same answer to the last question, really. I think it's that, but I think it's more specifically that men have trouble opening up um, or seeking help, maybe more so than than I would. I, I think women do, um, and that therefore leads to bottling it in and getting to a boiling point where you don't think that anybody's out there for you, you don't think anybody cares about you, or you think that they'd be better off without you, uh, without that burden, um, and eventually leads to, to thinking that there's no better solution or no alternative than than suicide. Um, so I, I think that was probably the, the main reason, really. I don't, I don't necessarily think that... I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there are theories that, like, men... Uh, have faced harsher societal pressures than women. I don't think that's the case. Um, so I, 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 I mean, if I was to guess, I'd say that's what it is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think as well, um, it, I personally think the whole uh, man of the house, the problem solver, that, that stereotype, which is admittedly very much out of our society in 2021, I think it's still very much around. And I think as more of an impact than people really realize you know to be a man you are the provider you you must solve all these problems because i think that can really lead to people thinking that they're problem solving when they start to think suicidal thoughts do you know what i mean that that like you say that there's nowhere else to go it, we're almost told it's okay to have problems you know male mental health is a real thing we're okay to have problems but then that part of us that goes but i'm the problem solver I think that's what really drives drives men down a, down a bad path because it, it, people think it's it's the only solution because we've almost weirdly been told that through society that we must come up with these solutions and unfortunately they're bad solutions you know there, there's a lot more that men don't tend to turn to unfortunately how do you think that we can start to combat against that kind of thought process then um... I don't know. I, I think I I think men need to talk to men more because I, I think um it you know it, it's all it's all well and good having a support system around you, but if, if you're not actually talking about it, then it's a problem. And I think like even looking at my life, I've got loads of female friends and loads of male friends. And if I had a problem, I really think I'd go to one of my female friends first. I and all my female friends, people in my life, I can imagine being very open to me saying, can we have a chat if you've got half an hour? But I can't really imagine doing it to any, many of my male friends. I don't mm. think men talk to men about enough things. I, I almost think the pressure of you must always be okay and things like that, I almost think that pressure comes from other men. A bit of that sort of lad mentality is really suppressing as a sort of community of men. Um, I think that's really where we need to improve. I, I, I saw a stat earlier, I don't know how reliable it was, but that something like 70 or 80% of therapists are female. And I think there's a reason for that. I think it's because men don't like talking to men. Men like talking to, to females who are um, who seem to be a bit more open to actually talking about it, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that there is, like you say, probably this still this, this mentality that if you are showing any kind of vulnerability that you are like you say somehow less of a, a man 
right? There's still this kind of competitive element that ego gets in the way. You don't want to talk about things. And that builds up, you know, and when you're, if you're somebody that perhaps doesn't have a support system around you at all, and that builds and builds and builds, then I think that, you know, it, it's, you, you, it, you can see why people get to a point where they feel like they have no other alter, no, no alternative. Um, and it's about us as a society trying to provide that alternative for people as much as we can from a young age. And I think that that's, we don't have that. And I would say that's why the, you know, the, these rates are, are so high. I remember listening to a, a podcast um, about this topic a couple of years ago, and I don't remember exactly where the statistic came from, and it may have been based in the US, but it was talking about the rate that men and women attempt suicide being fairly, um, fairly similar, but men are far more successful, for lack of a better term, at the attempt than, than women are. Um, which is obviously kind of scary, um, you know, scary example of, of the position that people are, are, are put in. Um, and yeah, like I say, ensuring that that, you know, that, that help is there for, for people at a young age is, is crucial. I think, um, any, any other thoughts, Brett? Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd say that I think that, um, therapy needs to be normalized. Um, needs to be pushed a bit more and it needs to be made uh more accessible and easier to 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 do I mean, it's so expensive to get therapy these days um and then the nhs um uh, options aren't exactly easy to access either um so i think that would be a first and then also education education in in schools around mental health um you know having conversations about them about mental health from an early age I think would be hugely beneficial um, across the board for uh, all genders, but um, I think for for men especially because uh, because of the the difficulty I think that men have in opening up, I, I think that that would be be helpful. I think with, with, sorry, Joe, go ahead. I was just going to say with um, therapy, uh, I read somewhere someone might have said it, but um, the the idea is that it's as normal as you know you hurt your knee you go to the doctor about yeah. your hurt knee you know something's going wrong up here you should do the same thing you should be able to to get an appointment as as easy as that mm-hmm. but unfortunately it's not that's not how it is in 2021 but yeah. i think the ideal goal would be that yeah you know it's it's the same as it should be the same as going to the doctor yeah for sure i was i was gonna ask did, did either of you what was your experience at school and, and sort of through education with discussions about mental health because when i look back at my time i could only really remember maybe once a year having a proper conversation about mental health usually in you know pshe or something like that where um we'd have a, a discussion about the importance of mental health and how it should be put on the same level as physical health and all of this stuff but never really kind of getting into the, the nitty-gritty or even being encouraged to talk about the way that we were feeling. So did, did either of you have a, a similar experience or a different experience? Uh, I, I didn't have any kind of mental health uh, education right. whatsoever. I don't really remember. I mean, if I did, it was just little side topics in PSHE. Yeah. Really not a lot. And I also think if there had been, um, if, any of, if any of that had been good, then I would have remembered it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. It must, if I did have it, it wasn't very good. Yeah. Did your, did your schools have a, a kind of counsellor or a support worker? Because mine, we had four colleges in my school and each college, there was probably about 800 students per college and each college had one person 
whose job it was to provide support to, to students. So again, not very accessible, but at least we had somebody. But we didn't have, no, we didn't have a counsellor either, <laughs> have yeah. anything ready for that sort of thing. I think I did, um, I think, I can't remember at my secondary school, at my college, I know we did, um, but I assume it was similar to your situation, Jack, there wasn't many, yeah. and it was probably not uh, the easiest thing to do. I know at university, um, there was a lot of, a lot more help in it, I will say. Um, I know you could get um, free counselling through the uni, um, which is good. I think quite a lot of unis do mm. that now. Um, I think so. Was it, did that so, happen in Portsmouth? Yeah, I think bro? it did, yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good the therapy sessions were, but... Sure. Yeah, it's become quite popular, really, for unis to, to get on that. Mm. Um, but that's the kind of thing that you need to be seeing, really, from the bottom up. You can't start yeah. at, what, 18? Yeah. Things yeah. Before you're 18. And in, in workplaces as well, you know, in mm. you know, for for employers for different industries to ensure that they're at the <clears throat> excuse me, the support for people. Um mental health kind of sick days, things like that. If someone's going through a difficult time, they should be able to have um time off to, to deal with that and to be supported financially through that period as well. Um improving quality of life, all of these things you know um sort of socially i think add up to, to tackling the issue so it's not there's no kind of one size fits all answer i don't think is what we've established it's the the role of everybody in society to work towards finding ways to um to tackle the issue um, and lastly um what changes would you like to see that would improve men's mental health any that we we haven't mentioned or, or anything that you think is particularly important um well like i said before i think men need to talk to men more i think um I think a lot of the pressures to to be the strong problem solver man come from men. Um, I think it needs to be the whole lad mentality. I think is very suppressing, even if you're not a part of it, because mm. um, it's such a reflection of of men, really. Um, I, th I think we we need to just talk in general more, but talk to men more is my main thing. Yeah, I mean, I I think I would just echo what I said earlier about. Um, normalizing therapy making it more accessible and yeah the <clears throat> teaching about mental health in schools um yeah i, I mean i've actually just thought of a, another question for you both but i would say um positive male role models too you know having in, ensuring that we as men like you were saying joe take it upon ourselves to to sort of show those around us that we're comfortable we're okay talking about this kind of thing and leading by by example and, and through that um you know i think this is perhaps one of the reasons that i feel like i can kind of talk about my feelings quite openly and my emotions openly is because i was lucky enough to have those men in my life that were willing to do that with me um and i think that's that's really crucial um as well i i wanted to come back to the the lad culture thing because i think this is probably something that we as guys don't talk about enough and don't combat enough um and particularly your point joe about feeling like it impacts you even without being a part of it um kind of my question is sort of twofold in what ways do you think that that's sort of impacted you and have you got any examples of perhaps where you noticed that particularly or where you kind of pulled away from that um yeah i um one I will say is uh, I'm really into football and at university, um, obviously you have a million societies at uni and one of the things I really wanted to do going to university in my first year was join the football society. I wanted to be part of the football team. But what put me off was lad culture 
because the I know societies, as you do at uni, have initiations and things that are meant to be a laugh. I heard some horrible stories about people's yeah. initiations that kind of uh, really horrible things that kind of went under under the brushed into the carpet just because it was part of lag culture. I was thinking, well, that's kind of put me off the whole thing. And I, I went then went on to join a um a seven aside team with a, a bunch of really good lads, but um my university football team I didn't feel comfortable to go mm. on because I don't feel like I really partake in that lad culture deal yeah I would say you know major props to you for for being aware of that and pulling away from that because I think a lot of people would get sucked in um especially at university and in freshers it can be quite a intimidating time and there's this expectation to kind of chuck yourself into everything and, and the need to fit in and make new friends and it was probably would have been <clears throat> excuse me very easy for you to get pulled into that um so i would say you know major props to you Brett. same question for you any examples of that particularly coming from france you know growing up in in france and then moving over to the uk any specific differences between the the culture or anything you noticed when (coughs) (coughs) (laughs) anything you noticed when you moved here oh my god (laughs) do you drink yeah sorry um i yeah i guess i guess i've became more there's just more of a sort of aggressiveness i think to how guys interact with each other here maybe maybe aggressive isn't the right word but very um loud and uh this stuff doesn't apply to all guys either really but you know the, the, when we're talking about large culture that that sort of culture is very loud and very noxious and uh very about trying to be sort of uh i don't know the funniest or or center of attention an alpha male complex yeah yeah Yeah. and i didn't notice that as much when i lived in france um if at all really in fact i remember that especially at school i don't know what it was like for, for you guys but at school when i was in like college they the 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 guys and girls all, all used to like mingle. It wasn't like separated into to, they weren't separated into groups of just girl guys, sorry, and just girls. Obviously, they used to have times where they would spend just time together, but generally, in like when you'd meet up, it was everyone or, or maybe not everybody, but but most people, and it was a mix of of both genders. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really, uh, I don't, I, yeah, it's just it was a significant difference. And I imagine it's probably same for like countries like America. I don't know if it's an Anglophone thing. Probably not. But and maybe I was just blind to it in France as well. Maybe I didn't reach the age yet where where guys were participating in that kind of that kind of thing. But yeah, it was it was a quite a big of a, a quite big difference. Yeah, I mean, I would say that that has been something that has kind of been in and around me and my kind of life growing up from probably year seven when I started secondary school and being in and around that kind of mentality, that kind of attitude, um, lots of insecurity, lots of wanting to be the, you know, the big man or the alpha, like you're saying, you know, that kind of um, thing is is really pervasive and I think takes a lot of working out of you. Um, you know, particularly my school, like comprehensive in Dartford, really big school, um, that attitude was around a lot. And funny that you mentioned the separation between boys and girls in, in school because it was very clearly defined in my school. Um, like, lads hang around with lads, 
Girls Hang Around With Girls, particularly from in younger years. And I think that that kind of, within those circles, that kind of culture builds. And particularly, you know, there's a lot of bullying. Um, there's a lot of fights, that kind of thing. Um, I think it, it, it probably stays with you. And you have to sort of, like, um, uh, you know, one of the realizations through the, the Black Lives Matter process was that we all have these attitudes within us and you have to be really aware of them and kind of train yourself out of them. And it's okay to do that. And that's, that's the right thing to do. And similarly for kind of that, that element of toxic masculinity um, within myself is something that throughout the years I've had to kind of try and combat um, and f- find people to, to kind of be around that, that don't have those attitudes and do that in a productive way. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that you know, we can't sort of stay away from that kind of thing because I think that that comes to impact mental health as well. How we use and abuse alcohol in this country is a major factor um, with with mental health, I think, particularly as, as a crutch, um, going out and just, oh, I've had a really stressful week. Um, you know, I'm not feeling great. I'm just going to go and get on it. I'm going to go and have 10 pints and, you know, go mental and that'll get it all out of my system. Like, it's not how it works. Um, so I think that for, for guys, all of those things you know, they're all mental health factors. They all impact our mental health, I think. Um, you know, and having the conversation and recognising that is, is important and encouraging people to do, you know, like what you did, Joe, and feel comfortable enough in themselves to not have to um, find themselves in a position where they, they are, uh, you know, uncomfortable and, and not around people that they they like in, in situations that they don't like. Any any sort of final thoughts for anybody? Any kind of advice that you would you would give anyone, or perhaps your younger self, if you were going to say one thing to your younger self, what would it be to sort of um, you know uh, help you with your your mental health as as you've grown up? I will say, um, as a bit of a to your younger self, um, whenever I've seen um, like boys that I went to school with and things like recently um, come out with little statements in um in times like november and things like that uh i've always it's always sort of been the boys that that surprised me you know that um that made me maybe feel a bit sort of smaller at school and things um and i'd sort of say to my younger self like it's a thing ever it happens to literally every guy you know the 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 sons the dads the uncles the the men of the world you know everyone in the world but just because it's november we're talking about the men of the world um, happens to literally everyone. So if you're looking at someone, you're thinking, "Oh, like I'm different to them because this is happening to me." You know, it's, it's the same to everyone. It's just yeah. who's sort of prepared to to sort themselves out and speak about it a bit. And um, I've adding to that, I've also found that whenever I do see people do posts about um, about mental health and November and things, uh, my respect for them just goes through the roof. I yeah. automatically think like that's really brave thing to do and everything whereas maybe five six years ago um i would have thought it was a bit embarrassing to talk about your mental health and things it was actually not as i've grown older i've i've realized it's, it's actually the opposite and seeing people do so is, has made me realize that for sure yeah. i would say of of what you just said joe one of the things i would um say is something that dr simon robot and the psychologist who we've had on our podcast and on ask away said to Brett and I in a, a, a call we had with him about mental health that was was that this is something that exists at all times it isn't I've I've got mental health problems you, you constantly are in a, you, you, your mental health exists at all times and it's a spectrum and you move along that spectrum as you 
go through life and recognizing that and understanding and looking at mental health in that way has been a major benefit to me because it, it's a lot easier to sort of um visualize yourself uh, moving out of those negative mental health spaces and into positive mental health spaces when you when you do that um you know you don't just look at a, a period of ne- negative mental health like oh i've caught anxiety it's like no we, we go through these phases um and look at what you can do to kind of try and combat that um so i think that's that's maybe something that i would say that there was something that could be kind of applied to to life is that we are constantly moving along this this spectrum um that was that was what that always stayed with me how about you bro yeah no I, i'd sort of say something similar that you know it's not uh, if you're sort of talking to your younger self it, it's not something that you just fix or that uh you one day get better um you know it's something you you learn to to deal with um and uh obviously you might become happier um and so on but it doesn't mean that you won't have down days uh or you won't have periods where you're feeling like shit um and it's yeah it's it's not uh i mean it sounds depressing to say that it's it's gonna it's a lifetime thing i suppose but uh it, it it's not about it's like taking well it's it's like you were saying earlier uh joe about sort of the whole gp thing it's about taking care of your your psychological aspect like you would your your physical uh your body you know it's about um staying trying to stay as healthy as possible and 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 increasing your chances whatever that may be whether that's getting therapy whether that's doing things that aren't don't get you as down or or aren't as depressing like staying clear of social media or something you know it's a bunch of steps that you can you can kind of take whether they will work is you know depends on the person and it it takes time great stuff guys thank you so much um i really appreciate it. i think it's really important that, that we get to have these conversations and it's, it's great to hear from you both as well so thank you awesome mate cheers thank you <laughs>